Hello and welcome to the Novel Traveller podcast. My name is Michelle Walsh-Jackson and I'm the Novel Traveller. another difficult week for the travel industry but there are excellent choices for those of us in Ireland planning staycations and my advice is to start booking ahead for the summer now. We have to remain optimistic and remember this time too shall pass. This week my guest is travel editor of the Irish Daily Mail and You magazine. You may also see her sometimes with me on the Elaine show on Virgin Media One. Linda Maher is an award-winning journalist and take it from me, a wonderful travelling companion and great fun to be with. So as you can imagine, we had a lot to chat about. She has great insights into cruises and she has some good advice for music lovers. I also caught up with the energetic and talented chef Anthony Gray from Sligo. He has taken on a new role as chairman with Sligo Tourism, so I expect to see great things happening in the west of the country this summer. Thank you for joining me. Now relax for the next hour as we dream of foreign lands and remember our most novel travels. Probably should be here with, uh, you know, pina colada or or something (laughs) in our hands. (laughs) After the lovely... (laughs) (laughs) I put up a post on Instagram the other day. I can't wait to walk down the aisle and hear those wonderful words. This is your captain (laughs) speaking. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. I mean, we all have a little bit of wanderlust, don't we? Uh, yeah. I, I suppose I'm just so used to. It's so. I've seen so much of the rest of the world without seeing very much of Ireland. So in that way, I have really liked seeing a, a lot more of Ireland. You know. So my best friend has lived in Wales for 20 years, and my cousin, who was like a brother to me, he moved to Glasgow 25 years ago. And then with the football in Manchester, football in Glasgow, if I was going somewhere for a weekend, I'd go to them. And, you know, and the fares were cheap. You had somewhere to stay, you know. And so that always, I'd always do that rather than than traveling around Ireland. So one bonus of it has definitely been seeing more of Ireland. Seeing more of Ireland. Yeah. yeah, but you've been starved of your beloved football, Linda. I have. You know what a big fan you are of Manchester United. You really must be one of their best fans. I have. Uh, so that has been, but but um, you know, it, it'll hope slowly now. It looks like mm. green shoots is getting back to a bit of normality. Yeah, um, with the first few fans at the Premier League now this weekend. So that's it's it's great to see. It is crazy, but it'll be a long time I think before we get back. So, but <laughs> so, so just thinking of that first game, it's just it's going to be. Oh my God! It'd be like virginity. So, so tell us now, uh, what is your first holiday memory like? Like, where did you go on your first proper holiday? You know, where you got on a plane mm. and you went off somewhere. It, it was actually uh, my, my aunt and uncle were very far ahead of themselves we were actually in what's Croatia now it was Yugoslavia at the time so uh, my dad is a wedding photographer so he could never take time off in the summer you know he'd be absolutely swamped so they my mom and dad used to go on holiday around November um, and they'd you know go to some winter sun so we always went away myself and my brother went away my aunt and uncle they had Two, a boy and a girl as well, boy same age and then the girl younger. And uh, so we always went away with them. And yeah, the, like it's that's the first night in my I was about seven. And uh, yeah, it was a place called Porridge, which is now in Croatia, but at the time it was Yugoslavia. But they, they just went into the, they knew the travel agent and she kind of said, look, this place is, you know, it's off the beaten track, but loads of people are going to and we're getting brilliant feedback from it. And uh, I, yeah, I just, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I actually and... was, was in Yugoslavia in the 80s myself. And it, it, it was an, a unique experience for mm. those of us in the West to, un, to have any comprehension of what it, what it was like to be in the Eastern Bloc because mm. it was all hidden behind that Iron Curtain, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so that actually was quite a very, very different experience that people <laughs> wouldn't never, my children would never even think of that. I mean, Yugoslavia, 
uh, as a term, as a name, it, it's, it's nearly historic, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I'm guessing they got a cheap. That was why they went there. Well, I think, our kids. I think absolutely. I don't think it was about eighty pounds or something. But you didn't know what hotel you were getting until you arrived. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember the food being gorgeous. And like I was only, you know, say I was only seven. All right, but I remember loving the food. And it, you know, I, I've uh, my mom's a very good cook, and she always kind of wanted. She was doing, you know, things like bolognese, paella. You know, decades before most people were doing that kind of thing. Um, you know, I have an aunt lives in Italy, and she'd sent home uh, recipes all the time that my mom would be trying. And so I, but I, and there's a huge kind of that kind of influence over there. And I remember that's one that it's probably one of the few things I do remember from it is the food. I, I just remember loving the food there. I, I learned a fabulous drink and, and, I, and every now and again I remember it's Coca-Cola with red wine in it and it sounds pretty disgusting okay. <laughs> but a bucket load of ice it's actually a really lovely refreshing drink right. um, you wouldn't think about it, but that was something mm. I saw all the, oh, the Italians of course were there on mm. holidays because it just across yeah. the Adriatic for them and that's what I remember them all drinking and thinking oh this is yummy and I have, yeah. every now and again I remember it you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, when we were in Croatia more recently, they've a gorgeous walnut liqueur. I don't know if you've ever tried it. I, I'm, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. It is divine. And uh, the receptionist of um, our job is from Croatia, and I mentioned it to her, and she has a bottle for me that she actually got. I think she got it around February. Either she was there or someone was home on Broadway. And, of course, I haven't been in the office. I haven't managed to see her since. Oh. But she texts me all the time to say she's still <laughs> Look at you. That's a so now, what's the funniest thing that's happened to you on holiday? Oh, gee, it could I, be most could be most disastrous either. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I, like I do again. There's a you know kind of a lot of those childhood memories. I remember um, we were in I, I, I'm going to say Mallorca um, again with, with the aunt and uncle. I think it was probably the last holiday I went on then with them. Probably around 16 or 17 before I started shooting up myself then. But um, I, we were doing there's. Um, the usual, the, the, you know, the kids club kind of thing. And the entertainers were going around the pool. And uh, my uncle was in the pool and he's, he's a really, really lovable character. And everybody just gets on with him and everyone knows him after two days on your holiday. <laughs> and the girl, the entertainer girl, she was a lovely girl from Sweden. And she was walking around and she was, you know, calling out to people what they were doing. It was like archery. And then there was, you know, um, there was darts and then there was table tennis and then she came out and she was saying oh it's a paratif shed so everybody does different things and so she's going around and going around and he's in the pool and she's saying now nah, come on now paratif a paratif and she's going as uh, so a mick was his name you know mickey mickey come on a paratif and he of course has false teeth takes them out and says right now that's a paratif <laughs> Oh my god! With the whole place, and then he was laughing at how he dropped them, and we had to dive. He had us dive in under the water trying to find the pool. Oh my god! But that's again it's one of those things that just kind of sticks in the memory. That would certainly stick in your mind. That's brilliant. <laughs> no, we've, uh, we've had some, you know, great nights out and, you know, just uh, there's a, a, a gang of, so I go away with my mom and two or three of my aunts and then friends the, the um, tend to go to Lanzarote, so we're the Lanza ladies as we're known oh, and uh, oh God, we've had some, just, just those nights that you just never stop laughing on those trips, you know, really just. And are they just magical? I mean, you know, I, I traveled a lot with my mom and, you know, my mom passed away earlier this year. Mm. But, I, I, you know, I will never regret a single minute I spent traveling with her, mm. going away for little weekends. And you're great for doing that, Linda, going mm. away with your mom or your auntie. I think, remember we met in the Paris Yes, yeah, that's right. One weekend yeah. and you and your yeah. auntie and I was with my, my, my writer friends. And it was just such, you know, you, you forget, you, you might forget you know, going out for meals or things, but you'll never forget when you go away somewhere with someone. Mm, sure you yeah, won't. No. You, and you're more inclined to take your photos and make, make memories and, and buy a souvenir, mm, you know? Yeah. It, it, I, I mean, there are, there are nights, you know, we'll have sat at a dinner and then drinks with that crew for six or seven hours and you won't have stopped laughing, you know? And it's just, and you, you know, you move seats and you're sitting beside different people. And, and it's, I, I love, I love those trips. Absolutely love them. In Lanzarote is a really family-friendly island, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, and it's very accessible. 
And yeah. I, I've always found the staff, people in the bars and restaurants, extremely friendly down mm. around the old town or even down in Play Blanket. Like, it, there's a lovely vibe in Lanzarote. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that really stands I, out. It's, it's the kind of place, I, I, I never thought I'd be the kind of person that would go back to a place all the time. Um, I always thought, no, there's too much to see. There's, and you know, and I, look, I'm lucky. I'm absolutely blessed in the job that I do that I can travel a lot. So, um, you know, then when we go away together, it's just, it's handy. You get that we can go for a long weekend because you're not, you know, you, you know where you're going, you know exactly what you're doing when you get there, you know what restaurants you don't have to, you know, go, you're not finding your fee for two or three days and then coming home, you know, you're there and you hit the ground running. That's, I like that part of it. It works. It works really well when you have small kids too, because I know when my kids were very small and I was teaching full time, you know, I kind of held out for the midterm breaks in February and October, and it is the most accessible place with mm -hmm. the sunshine. It's no wonder it's so popular with the yeah. Irish. You know, yeah. it really, really is 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 fabulous. I love Lanzarote mm -hmm. too. <laughs> Let's get back there. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's the longest I've gone in. I think about eleven years. This is the longest I've not been in it, so I can't wait to get back. You checked out the Caesar Manrique house there. You know the the, the yes, um, yeah, up, yeah, up the great the, artist. Yeah, uh, it's just beautiful. It's like it's like an Emily James Bond pad, isn't it? It's like very sixties yeah. futuristic, built into the lava rock. Uh, it's really special. Yeah, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. So I, I never managed to get up on a camel when I was there, though, and I'm determined the next time I return. <laughs> I'm going to camel in Lanzarote now. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to get, I'm yeah, definitely going to get up on one. <laughs> That volcano trip was brilliant, you know, yeah. when it, to go up around the volcanoes and, um, you know, I love that trip and it's, you know, I do it on the bus and it's just, it's so much easier because driving yourself is, uh, you get big delays because they don't want you driving yourself, so they tend to uh, make sure you're delayed, but, uh, and, and then the, the vineyards up that way and the salt mines, oh, it's just gorgeous, you know, and it's lovely to get up that part of the island as well, you know, not just kind of stick down. It and it's lovely to think about these places and, and talk about them because they, they are there and they're waiting for us when we travel yeah. again. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now if you, and this is kind of a double, double question. It's the same question, really. If you could be anywhere in the world right now and where is top of your bucket list? Like, you know, mm. is there somewhere you haven't been or maybe somewhere you've been that you really want to go back to? What would be your number one destination? Um, I loved, uh, there's different places I loved for different reasons. When I, uh, God, 20 years ago now, I was in San Diego um, with, um, so my ex was American and he was in the Navy and he was stationed in San Diego and we went there to visit him and I, I absolutely adored it. I'd never seen a place that was so city and so beach at the same time and it, I, I loved it and I think, you know, because the Navy base that's there, it's always buzzing. So every night of the week you go out, there's a ship has just come in and they're off and they're ready to party. And I loved that vibe about it. Um, as I got, I, I've been, um, Madeira, I absolutely adored. Um, I, I just, when we, you know, we did the, the uh, hikes there and I, I just, I absolutely felt, I was actually, I was there on a press trip and we were to come back through Lisbon and uh, when we got, I think we arrived back on a Thursday or a Friday and I was off until the Tuesday, I think. And I just said to them, can I stay for an extra few days? Paid, you know, the they were able to change the flight and paid the hotel difference and stayed on myself. I just loved it. And I just did little walks and trips down the gorgeous food market. Uh, and I really, really loved, um, I really loved there. Uh, and de definitely a place I'd like to go back to now. I've never been to Madeira, but I've heard it's beautiful for flowers and gardens. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely stunning fruit. We uh, actually, we I love passion fruit, and I remember down at the market, and I asked, you know, there was a guy selling them, and um, I said, oh, I'll buy a few of these, and he said to me, oh, you have to taste my pineapple passion fruit, and I was like, huh? And he hands me this. It's a passion fruit. It looks exactly like a passion fruit with a little spoon, and it tasted like pineapple. No. And it was like, what's no going way. on? Then he had a peach one. And I was like, this is freaking me out. I think I bought about 15 of them off him. And I, <laughs> I so what had he done? Had he kind uh, of, you know, kind it's, of some kind, them yeah, it's some kind of fusion that they do to grow them. And it's just, I, I presume some kind of cross-pollination, something. There. It was divine. Absolutely gorgeous Ooh, now. Yeah. Sounds very exotic. Mm. I like the sound of that. Yeah. No, I'd, yeah, that's definitely one place now I'd absolutely love to go back to. Um, 
that's where you haven't been is there somewhere that you argentina <gasps> oh that's on mine as well <laughs> we'll have to do something i got to think can we do something together yeah, <laughs> and exactly. i always fancied myself as ava Peron, you know standing <laughs> on that balcony in the was it as plaza rosado or something it's called uh, yeah plaza, no, oh. it's absolutely and i think with, with maradona's death recently i think as well it probably makes me even more passionate to go and i i i just i love anybody i've ever met from there i loved obviously i love their passion for football i you know anybody i've met from there but the stakes i i want to go for their stakes are supposed to be incredible um the uh, waterfalls are supposed to be amazing just I, it's just a place that really really appeals to me what, what would be what i'd love to do um i'd love to learn to do the tango in a traditional oh, yeah. old style bodega you know these mm. kind of hidden down the side street and you can see 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 you can picture the men in the old suits with the hats yeah. you know, and, and, and the waistcoats so you could just <laughs> no i'd definitely be more of a watcher but <laughs> we can you can try it we can, yeah, absolutely <laughs> we can do the instagramming <laughs> oh god um so um and Mal Maldives is top of my is on my bucket list purely for the fact I was supposed to fly the day after I was told to get oh, home Linda. as quick as possible. So, oh, so and I you know, I'd looked at that hotel so many times, going, "This is where I'll be next week. This is where I'll be next week," and it just never happened. So that's I will be going back to that. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Absolutely, so, and it is still there. You know, it's still yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so, now, who would be your favorite traveling companion? if you could bring someone be careful now alan i know Linda's the most <laughs> lovely gorgeous boyfriend in the world he is adorable i'm very fond of alan but you know you know but i can have him anytime <laughs> and he's so used to seeing me walking out the door with the suitcase behind me <laughs> so, um who would i love to travel with i'd love to i mean my desert island answer is always the rock just because I think he's very good to look at and he'd be great for building your stuff. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what he'd be like now as a travel companion. I think, like, I mean, you'd just, you'd love to go somewhere with David Attenborough, anywhere with David Attenborough, and just have, imagine just having him commentating it in the background as you were walking around and just listening to that voice and, you know, knowing how much you know. Oh, oh. Galapagos Islands as well. Sorry for my bucket list. <laughs> Speaking of David Attenborough, just reminded me of that. But um, yeah, he's just he. I, yeah, I think he's he's so knowledgeable and just so and seems so lovely. He's nearly like the the daddy of Earth, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Really, like you know, he's the great big daddy. There's Mother Earth. Well, he's Daddy Earth. Exactly. Yeah, he yeah. really is. Yeah. Um, uh, I, we watched the show, the show on Netflix and it's it's fabulous you know it's sad it's very sad and frightening and but it's he's so he's brilliant you know and just his, his memories and um just his thoughts on what we all need to start doing but it, it is it's a fabulous show absolutely he's brought into everybody's homes you know the mm. sights and uh, you know, a knowledge that you just wouldn't, you wouldn't have harvested from anywhere else. You know, no. it's really, it's quite, quite unique, mm. incredible individual, very lucky. Mm. Um, so, uh, the best spot that you've ever taken a selfie, is there anywhere you've taken a selfie that you've, um, that you'd recommend that people take with them? Uh, I'd love to take one at Niagara Falls. Um, and I think when you those pictures, you see, you know, it's it's the one when you see, you're like, yeah, that's where I'd like to be now. Yeah. Um, the best one I've taken myself uh, again, the Madeira up on the the hikes um, in Madeira are absolutely stunning. I, I remember we were when we were doing one of them, there was a, a mountain goat in front of us who just wasn't moving, <laughs> and, uh, and we were also we ended up actually having quite a lot of photographs with him, um, and uh, trying to get around him. Um, I have a fabulous one from up in Austria, actually, um, in a place called uh, Solden. And they, they have, if you watch James Bond films, there's, um, uh, uh, there's a restaurant there. Now. Well, it's, it's a whole uh, interactive centre. It's incredible now. It's absolutely fabulous. Um, from Spectre, it's the clinic in Spectre. And there's a chase scene and everything from there. And it's absolutely, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been not just down that valley and there's a cable car up to it and well, I actually went in summer 
and you know most people would head to Austria in in winter but it's absolutely I'm not great for cold weather I'll be honest it's not I did skiing for the first time this year and it, it didn't oh didn't tell grab us about me. that tell us about your skiing yeah um it, 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 I tell you what was tough. What I find is, so I'm 41. I find it's at this age, it's difficult to, to be to be a beginner skier because when we went and you go out and the schools are all tiny tots and you're a bit self-conscious. Well, I'm not, you know, like some of them are like three, four years of age, no, like, know. you know, and then the teenagers are whizzing yeah. past you and you're a bit, okay. And I found it very difficult where do i start how do i start um so and so we did i did a bit and um, i loved in the tobogganing which i found that we, we didn't have natural snow either it was um it was artificial snow because there was no snow and um, but I, I don't think that makes much of a difference the machines are incredible um so we did i enjoyed um the tobogganing part of it um and yet the ski like first of the effort to put on all that gear oh my god and it's you know like just oh, i just want to run up and grab a hot drink and it's you know it's half an hour to get everything off yeah it's you know 10 minutes to get your cup of tea it's like you can back it's half an hour to get everything back on you again trudging back down i i didn't massively enjoy it yeah uh, well, i think it, it you are the sort of person that really takes to it or not i've, I've mm. been about about six times now and I have progressively got worse each time I've gone the last the last this really well and I think it's because I didn't get the right size boots the first time I went and my ankles kind of swelled up and right. it was really uncomfortable and mm. if you have you know if you are not comfortable in your equipment it's very hard to learn then I think that's yeah. a really good tip for people who find it difficult I definitely found it difficult the first yeah. time and I didn't quite I don't I kind of I like doing adventurous things like zip lining and you know I'll mm. go on any cable. I'm not afraid of heights or anything like that. Yeah, I'm the same. As long as I don't have the responsibility or the control, as long as there's something, there's a piece of rope or something responsible for me, you know. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I do enjoy it. There's nothing more magical than being in, you know, beautiful clear blue sky in a mountainous area, just with snow mm. and the trees, and you can just breathe in that fresh air. And, yeah. and it is lovely. And then get the cable yeah. car down again and have a nice <laughs> show. Have either a nice, you know, the hot chocolates with a bit of rum in them or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I did, but now, to be fair, like, I loved the hikes that we did around the air because, like, what I say, it was, it was about eight or nine degrees. So it was actually really, really pleasant and sunny. Um, for you know, so we did gorgeous hikes around and loved, you know, just sliding down the mountain on the toboggan or on the rings. But the skiing just, yeah, it wasn't for me. You know. People are getting kind of more of a taste for the outdoor life as well. Mm. Do you find that? And people want Definitely. Kind of to be in nature more. Yeah. That's one thing that has come out of um, COVID. Because you must find that as editor, you know, as travel editor mm. of, of the, the Irish Daily Mail, you must really you get that sense from what yeah it's definitely and there's a lot more um things being pitched you know for uh, with that kind of theme on it you know and again actually when we were in that um that place in austria as well nearby there's uh it's a kind of an extreme water park um and it was fabulous yeah i absolutely loved that and there's a lot of um there's a lot of mountain biking goes on around that area as well now and they have the trails done now it's it's a really incredible place if you're into adventure and it's uh you know they're, they're the water slides but they're the ones with the big lip on the end of them so you come right up off them and it, it was absolutely now I, I absolutely loved that they had a um they had a, a bridge swing and God, the bridge had to be hundred feet, if it, more like, and there was a swing wow. coming down off that. And it was, it was, it was. I loved it, absolutely loved that. But like we were saying, when I'm tied to something, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're responsible for yourself, I like that. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, but now, listen, I, I'm, I'm kind of been saving this because you have an incredibly fantastic story um, about cruising don't you because <laughs> not only are you a man united fan i know you're a fan of somebody else as well mm. and last year you went on a very special cruise will you tell us about that i did so when i was uh, turning 40 um at the start of last year I, I thought i really want to get something i want to do i want to do something big it wasn't get something it was like i want to do something 
Um, and I'm a massive, massive, massive Bon Jovi fan. So I thought the next tour they announced, I'm going to book to see them in New Jersey, with where they're from. And I thought that's, you know, that I loved, that's my Bon Jovi dream. Well, I thought that was my Bon Jovi dream until <laughs> dreams became until John Bon Jovi announced that he was doing one of these themed cruises. I thought, oh. I am having some of this. So I thought, what? So you, you looked at it, and it it was like it was pricey, but not it wasn't bizarre money, and you could pay in installments. So I thought, I'm going to do this. So when we saw how much it was, Alan was going to come with me. And when we saw how much it was, he was like, look, it's a lot of money when I'm not that into it. So I was... I think he's going to get neglected anyway. With I know. That's, yeah, I don't think he wants to be that close to me and John. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> I did give him a, a dig. But um, so uh, we, I kind of, I, I was torn between whether I do it or not. And I was on a Facebook group for it. And there was actually a lot of people on it there that were looking to go as a single person because you know obviously they might not have friends that would pay that kind of money and then one of my friends we were just out one night and i was talking about it, she said i'd go on that and i was like no it's about like three grand and she was like that's eh, okay and she's like when do you have to have a buy i was like well like you need like 1200 next week and then the rest can be paid in installments she's like i'll do that with you so it suddenly took off and i thought i'm doing this so i paid for it uh used money that i got for my 40 told everybody just give me money towards john and <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, so there was different levels and we paid for the one where you get to meet him for a picture. Oh, so there was a next step, there was a meet and greet where you get like a, a chat, but it, it was thousands more. And I thought, yeah, no. So, um, <laughs> we love it, but not that much. <laughs> so yeah, so we went and it was, it was, it was fun. We went out of Barcelona and it, it, it went from Barcelona to Mallorca and picked him up in Palma. He got on, did a gig, got back off. I uh, got back on the next day, did a second gig and got back off and then we returned to Barcelona again. So, and it was just, it was like, it was 95% women, probably 75% of them in their forties. Um, and it was just a riot. It was the best crack. Like everybody was just having about like all the music was all that, just that eighties, big hair rock that I love. Like, there's, four or five bands on Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls was on it as well performing and there was um there was Q&A's with his brother with John's brother with their um tour photographer so really just great stuff like that and it was the atmosphere on it was absolutely brilliant um and it was I, I hadn't actually cruised at all until last year and I ended up doing three four last year then um, Where, what are the cruises? So the uh, the first one I did was Seaborn, which are absolutely incredible. And I was doing a for review. They are very expensive, but they are absolutely worth it. Like every every cabin is a balcony cabin. Like there's a, you you mark on a the best part. I shouldn't say the best part of it. One of the great parts of it was you mark on a, a list um, what drinks. You like, and there are full bottles of that drink put into your fridge at all times. So we had that could be lethal. <laughs> it, like it was, it, you know, it was absolutely incredible. Like we, so we pretend Bombay Bombay Sapphire Gin, and every time you came in, there was a full bottle of Bombay Sapphire Gin and a bottle of champagne in your room at all times. Um, it was, it's stunning, and they can pull into smaller ports because they're kind of smaller ships. Um, they pull into smaller ports, and it, it was a Greek islands one. It was stunning, absolutely beautiful and the food is out of this world like it's, it's michelin star stuff every night like and then we did one we did the no a norwegian um we did norwegian epic with um alan's kids um so that was the two of us and the three kids uh, and it was brilliant uh, it was had totally kids, different had the kids been before had no they no they've and, never and how did they find us like would you recommend um, it for families yeah absolutely like it I told them if one of you says to me I'm bored this week, I'm going to throw you overboard because it is. <laughs> it, there's so much to do and there's something on at all times. Um, and then Alan's youngest daughter um, is autistic and she adored it and they were so good with her. And we didn't think she'd go to the kids club. She was down there every day and they were brilliant with her. And you were never worried. They have, 
you know, they have a walkie-talkie, you have the other side of it, and you're never worried about them. And that's what I, I, I really enjoyed about that. And, you know, they were able to, the um, two boys were able to go to bed, and Alan's daughter, so his mom came as well, and his sister, so she was staying with them. So she grew up with his mom, and we were able to sit and have a couple of drinks every evening, which was great. And, you know, again, I didn't think that would be, you you feel so safe on it, you know. You really it's, do. It's super. It's super for an intergenerational holiday, isn't it? Yeah, like I, I, I did a Caribbean cruise with my my mum and dad and the kids, mm. and the kids were both teenagers at the time, or maybe Nicole was on the cusp of it. But um, you know, everybody had all their needs met. Yeah. My dad loved lying in the sun all day. My mum had the bridge, and herself and myself would go for cocktails. Mm -hmm. The kids made loads of friends from all over the world. Friends that they still would you know connect with on instagram you know all these yeah. years later yeah uh canadians and, and that's oh i got a message from so and so and and i think there is something really lovely and special about it mm. uh you know when you go away like that as a family and everybody has their needs met all the time and yeah. you don't have to wash a cup <laughs> no no that's the best part <laughs> yeah no it was just and, and they'd say you know the boy oh we're going off to play basketball you know we're going down to the video game room and it was just there was you were never, uh, you never feared for their safety. They were absolutely fine at all times. You know, one of them doesn't eat very much. The other one eats like a horse. It's like, okay, you go and eat. Go and eat if you want to eat. Do you want to yeah. eat? No, then don't go. That's fine. And it, it was brilliant, I have to say. They really brilliant. are ideal. And I mean, who knows what way cruises are going to go. I, mm. They really had started to grow quite steadily in popularity. And I hope they continue because it is a great way to see the world, you know, and, and, yeah. and you only unpack once. Yeah. Um, I always uh, tease my daughter because she wouldn't get off the boat. We, we went to Santorini and we went to Delphi, you know, in Greece. Mm. She always says, I was never in Greece. Yes, you were. You just wouldn't get off the <laughs> yeah, no, it was fabulous. We did, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we got off in Roads and we did the, a tour in Roads of Knossos. It was, just, it was fabulous, you know, absolutely fabulous uh, vineyard it's tour. Much, yeah. You, you, yeah. you can be as cultural as you want, or you can be as lazy and lie in the sun. Yeah, you know, absolutely. yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Us. So we reckon we'll wait, watch this space for where cruises. But I, I'll be absolutely honest now. We have obviously with everything that's gone on since we hundred percent are going to do another themed cruise. They're definitely worth looking out for. And um, there are nineties ones. There are eighties ones. There are rock ones. There are you know there are all sorts of themed cruises. Um, you know, they tend to be kind of music-led. Kiss do one. Kiss have, have, are, are on them pretty much all the time now. Um, Def Leppard, I know, have done one. So 100%, I, because I just, it, one, you tend to then be surrounded by like-minded people, you know? So, and um, it, I, I really, and it's funny, actually, one of my favorite things about the cruises, um, and you get them in, in various places, but I almost, I think every ship I've been on has had one, the silent disco. <laughs> yeah, now you have to explain, explain that to everybody. <laughs> so you go in and the Bon Jovi one was, I think, three DJs. I think the Norwegian was three DJs as well. So you have three live DJs there. You put on headset and you can listen to whichever DJ you want. So you can... You can listen to, you know, they tend to be done in colours. So you can listen to the green DJ. Someone else will listen to the red. Someone else will listen to the blue, depending on what they're playing and what your musical tastes are. But then you're bopping away and singing a totally different song to the person beside you. Or the person. They are the best fun. I it absolutely is, it, loved it. I, I couldn't agree more. My kids absolutely love them. And you walk into this area and you, there could be 150 people all. And it's very quiet. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely quiet because there's only the odd person, you know, making a little humming yeah, sound, singing, know, and, and, yeah, and yeah. everybody else is just moving from yeah. the picture. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love them. So uh, if if only for a side of disco, I'd be heading back. Oh, that's brilliant. And and what what's happening like for you at the moment? Now, I know you just won um, an award for your writing, for being such a fabulous editor, <laughs> as we know you are. And and for 
Francis. So huge congratulations with that. Thank what you. And well. So yeah, we, we we did cut the. Um, uh, thankfully, um, I, I didn't always think like this, but thankfully, I I wear a lot of different hats in work because if I had just been a travel editor, I think I'd be in a, a lot more trouble now than I am. But um, so yeah, we we kind of we have cut back the travel page at the start. We were doing aspirational travel, so you know when this is all over, where would you like to go? Put these out, stick them on the fridge, um, and then I, I think you kind of you run out of them to an extent. And also, I think we were because the end was getting further and further away from sight. We kind of thought, I don't think people are in the right place for this right now. And um, so we turned to which we always had a lot of kind of Irish travel pages, but we turned to exclusively Irish travel pages. So. Um, some trips we did ourselves when um, when lockdown lifted during the summer, um, and then um, I have um, the lovely Megan Virgo is writing some uh, hikes around the country for me at the moment. So we pick a different county each week, and we do five hikes in that county. So if it's in your county, brilliant, and you know you can uh, you can do it. And if you're if they're not in your county, then stick them on the list for when you get there. You know, so it's. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we'll continue with that now to the new year. And I think come the new year, it's starting to, oh, I'm afraid to say the words, but it is starting to look a little bit more optimistic, you know? So I think we can probably get, go back to kind of the bit of aspirational travel again and hopefully people, and you know, even if people are, don't think they're gonna get somewhere next year, you can start looking, I think, at 2022 with, with a great deal of confidence. Great I think you can look at next year with a small bit of confidence, but I think you can de definitely look at 2022. And like myself with Argentina, just trying to, you know what, let's let's just look and let's get a book for 2022. You know, it's going to be a pain installments job, but you know, it'll give us two years, a year and a half to pay it. So. Um, I'm coming, Linda. I'm coming to Argentina. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> is, is there anywhere in Ireland that, that was a big surprise for you that you did visit this year? Uh, disgracefully, Donegal, um, because I, you know, people have told me so many times how, you know, how fabulous it is. And I, I was blown away by it. Um, we went up um, and we stayed in... Um, uh, Lock. I, I always get Lock Aaron Resort and Lock Esk Resort mixed up. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, with that. Different, different, different counties. counties. <laughs> but uh, um, we, so we went and we um, we had dinner in Harvey's Point, which was fabulous. And Noel Cunningham, the lovely Noel Cunningham from Harvey's Point, had given me and um, he sent me on a drive, a fabulous drive that you can do. And we set off on the Sunday morning. Um, we we stopped in Killybags and we had. Um, probably the greatest chips I've ever had in my life um, in Melly's Cafe there along the way. And it was early, I wasn't hungry and then I wasn't massively hungry and we said, oh yeah, so I think I just got something small and Alan got chips and I sent him back up to get me a bag because they were divine. Uh, and we just set up in the world and Sleeve League is, I mean, it's, it's to me, it's up there with, um, with Cliffs and Moher. Like, you know, and I, I think it's, it's in danger at the moment of heading down the over-touristed route. Um, I think the, the locals are a bit worried about that. And I think whatever they do from here on in, they need to be careful, you know, with doing it. Um, I did love you could drive pretty much all the way up to the top of it. <laughs> the lazy person inside me was yeah. totally um, But it, it's uh, it's absolutely strong. But just if you if you are going to, to take the cliff drive to it, because um, the coast the coastal drive to it, uh, it's absolutely fabulous. I don't think Donegal Airport has been voted the most scenic airport or by Lonely mm. Planet, one of those, your Condé Nast or someone, most scenic airport to, to fly yeah. into. Oh, it's... Um, it's I was blown away, but and we didn't see half of it, you know. And uh, it's funny. I said it to my parents when we came back, and and my mom said they had done it years ago. They were up that way for a wedding, and they drew. And she said she it always stuck in her mind. And she also said she had probably the best steak of her life up that way as well. And it, she said it has to be twenty five years ago, and she still remembers it like so. <laughs> the last summer we had um, was it three summers ago when it was just 
baking sunshine. Mm. And my son was up in Aaron Moore in the Gale Talks, which is like a little island just off the, the west, the northwest. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And it was like landing on a Greek island. The, mm. the sand was so white and so mm. soft and it was so warm and it was so, it, it's so unspoiled, isn't it? Yeah. Like and I Gold. believe there, there are stunning cliffs over on Aaron Moor as well. Is that, I, is, is someone That's right, yeah. Oh, it was too. quite yeah. spectacular. Yeah. yeah. No, was, so no, I definitely have to get back up. Um, I did, we were in Kong as well for a few days. We were in the lodge at Ashford Castle. I loved Kong. The, the atmosphere in it is lovely. Really, really lovely. It was my second time there now, and first time it was, it was absolutely overrun with Americans. But I, I, you don't mind, and it's it's actually they're really good fun, um, and you know the, there was brilliant bands on. Obviously, that didn't happen now this time, but I, I just I find the locals so friendly, um, and just so lovely. So yeah, that's the thing about traveling in Ireland, isn't it? Like you know, mm. we forget how hospitable we are. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as, as, as a nation, like it's, it's really lovely. It's really yeah. getting to know our, our own country again. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, no, I, I have to say that was that was definitely one of the one of the pros of this year. One of the very very few pros of this year for me. Now I've seen more of Ireland. Yeah, no, I have to say I had a super experience too. Mm -hmm. I went cruising on the Shannon for the first time. Oh, gorgeous! Yeah. That is something, and that's a great thing to do with kids as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely, teens. So if you if you can stick them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, listen, it's been absolutely brilliant chatting with you. Um, I, I, I really got wonderless after talking about it. <laughs> I, I want to go on a cruise before I yeah, yeah. go on a cruise that takes in Madeira and then yeah. we fly to Argentina as soon as you get back. <laughs> and I want John Bon Jovi on it as well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> have you any little memento that you've brought back from somewhere in the world that you kind of treasure that you have in a special place that you kind of would uh you would hate if you broke it or lost it or yeah you know, my, well my my photograph from the cruise my photo of me and john <laughs> yeah. cruise, um I tell, i'm not great for memento i i bring them i bring them back for other people and i'm not great at bringing them back for myself um uh, but there is uh, some, my, my friend's mom, uh, Bessie, she uh, loves her fridge magnets. And she told me I brought her back more fridge magnets than her entire family put together. There's <laughs> just seven children, so I'm doing well. Ah, you're doing well in there. <laughs> so I do. It is something I always, uh, I do always, I, I always go and get for her um, when I'm away. I'm not brilliant at bringing back mementos now for myself. No, but she, um, well, you're not going to beat your photo of you and John Bon Jovi. No, that is, that is my best memento to ever bring back from a holiday, I think. Uh, well, listen, uh, thank you so much. And um, we can read you every Saturday in the You magazine, in the Irish yeah. Daily Mail. And we see, of course, on the Elaine show, looking yeah. so lovely. And <laughs> it's, it's great when you make your guest appearances. It's great. Mm. And um, thank you so much for sharing your travel experiences and memories today. Thanks so much for having me, and I'll see you on the road, hopefully. On the road. <laughs> Bye. Well, I'm planning our trip to Argentina already. Many thanks to Linda for that great escape and travel catch-up. Although travel to the sun is looking more difficult with new restrictions being put in place, I'm not giving up. The situation can change, and the virus did weaken over the summer months last year. So here's hoping the same happens this year. However, I was watching the Fulcher Ireland webinar this week and there is much to look forward to in our own home in Ireland. I caught up with Anthony Gray to hear about a county that I had overlooked until last summer and I'm delighted to say Sligo is now one of my favourite spots in the entire country. Well, hi Anthony, it's great to speak to you today. Thanks so much for joining me. You're very welcome. And, and it's you know, I want to say congratulations, first of all, for your new role. I mean, you're well known in Sligo as being a great entrepreneur and you've got two fabulous restaurants with Hooked and Yellowbone, which I've been very lucky and privileged to dine in. Um, but can you tell uh, the listeners a bit about your new role as the chair of Visit Sligo? Yeah, I'm delighted to, to come in as the new chair of Sligo Tourism. And really, realistically, what it's going to do is it's given me an opportunity and a platform, Michelle, to speak about the county, but also to promote it correctly. And uh, I bring in a brand new vision 
and um it's 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 just it it sits perfect with, within myself because like I've always tried my damnedest and to promote Sligo in every opportunity, whether it was as the ex-president of the Restaurants Association of Ireland or e- e- even through the chair when I was ex-chair, ex-chair of Sligo Food Trail. It just really gives me an opportunity to put Sligo on the map, um, not only for its beauty, but for its culinary, as a culinary destination, but also for, for to try and bring people to Sligo and to see the amazing, beautiful scenery that we have here and the fantastic tourism industry that we have. So I'm really looking forward to the role and I'm going to obviously give it the best I can because I grew up in Sligo, I believe in Sligo and Sligo's in my heart. Yeah, well, you know, I hate to say this, I can't believe it. It was my first time spending any time this year in Sligo and boy, I feel I've been missing out my whole life because it's it's such a vibrant county. Can you recommend what are your top things to do in the county? I know that you've got so many, but it's, it's difficult to probably do a short list, but just some things that you really think listeners shouldn't miss. Yeah, look, there are so many different things, and I suppose I could talk to you all day about <laughs> about uh, what people should do when they come to visit Sligo. But definitely, I suppose if you were to if you were to narrow it down, uh, we have some fantastic, beautiful beaches, and like if you were to walk on a, on the Wild Atlantic Way and take a walk on maybe the third beach in Ross's Point. Um, there's three beaches in Ross's Point, so you can walk the first one, the second one. But the third one, in my opinion, is just spectacular. And to give you a kind of synopsis of it, like you're you're underneath the Ben Bulbin. Ben Bulbin is in the background. You have the sea on, on, your, on your right and on your left. And, you know, to take a good, big, deep breath of salty air there and even just stream for a minute about Yates or even recite a, a, a poem from Yates, it would really put the hair standing on the back of your neck, the beauty of it. Lesadell Beach is the same. And then, of course, you've got the golf. You've got some unbelievable walks that have just started. Sligo walks that I they've, they've really um, put walks in to the forefront for tourism in Sligo. And beautiful walks up Ben Bulbin. It's a flat top mountain. Then you've got, of course, uh, Knocknaray, where the Queen of Connacht, uh, Queen Maeve, is said to be buried. And obviously, you've got golf. You've got fishing. You've got surfing. Um, we are known as the, as the adventure capital of the Northwest for the fantastic adventure side of things. And then, obviously, not forgetting the food. So, like, if, if you were to kind of sum it up, if you want to fall in love with poetry, catch your first wave, um, you know, eat the finest, freshest food, or, or just take a, a, a breath of salty air, you know, and Sligo is the place to do it without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. And you've even got terrific sea baths, haven't you? Seaweed baths. Where you've got the, the Voya comes from Sligo. <laughs> Absolutely. Voya products are known now worldwide and internationally. And uh, they, Neil and Mark, they were on the, the Voya seaweed baths out in Strand Hill. I would have known them growing up. Um, I would have hang around with the two lads and um, know them from a young age. And it's great to see what they've done for Sligo. And, you know, the Voya products are brilliant. And it's, there's a, another interesting thing, like definitely take a seaweed bath because that's not something you're going to have in every county. And like, it's a lovely way of getting nice and relaxed, but it's also a fantastic way of detoxing. And like every now and again, if I get stressed, I book in and I go out there and I enjoy it. And I think it's it, it's important to do, you know, and it's 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 unique and it's unique to Sligo. And, and, and are there any new plans afoot for the county? Anything coming on online next year? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm delighted to say there'll be a new surf centre coming on. It's We're just going through the last couple of phases with Falsha Ireland. That's going to be a fantastic um, building and it's going to be in, in fast, a fantastic investment uh, for Sligo. And that, then you've got the Cultural Plaza. Um, that's going to be a new Cultural Plaza right in the heart of Sligo Town. Would you believe it? Opposite my two restaurants, um, it's over in Steve, in in Stephen Street car park there, and that's going to be a fantastic, uh, another investment for Sligo, but a, a fantastic amenity, and that is brilliant. And then of course you've got the the walks, and there's new walks keep coming online all the time, and new new places to explore and to discover Sligo. And like Sligo is a fantastic county as regards that, because like even I growing up here, I'm still discovering stuff. 
But yeah. these, these things, these things are going to be very good. Well, well, that's something else I was going to, I was going to ask you, are there any secret places or, or hidden things about Sligo that perhaps only you'd know? I mean, I was blown away by your history of how they dealt with the cholera epidemic in 1832 and, and little details like Bram Stoker's granny and W.B. Yeats's granny are buried only a few feet from each other. I mean, how could you have had two such literary giants have their, you know, their ancestry parked yeah, beside a, each other yeah a lot of people don't know that um and and you know i suppose that's where a uh, uh, bram stroker got his inspiration was true um being told stories about that but also the fact that that he that they lived in sligo his great great grandparents and stuff like that but but like you've got so many different things that are re- that's only after really coming on scene in the last maybe I suppose 10 years we kind of always knew it but it kind of was never delved into and that's a fantastic it's little secret that Sligo has also like you've got the the caves of Kesh like they're an unbelievable place to go to they're just on the outskirts the caves of Kesh yeah caves of Kesh you walk up and I think there's six to eight different caves but if you if you if if you Google it, it, it just or it makes an, a magnificent picture. Um, and then also, you know, climb Ben Ben Bulban, it's a it's a tough climb, but it's 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 a flat top mountain. That's unique. Like if you were to look at Ben Bulban, you know, it's 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 it, it's there's only two flat top mountains in the world, one's in South Africa and the other one's in Sligo. So like there's different little things that you'll always keep discovering. And the more you kind of spend time here in Sligo and the longer you stay, the more secret stuff that you'll find out about. And the more inquisitive you are, the better it is. Absolutely. And, and we just have to give Ashleen a mention at the wonderful Sligo Oyster Tours, I think, because that, that really resonated with me as a fabulous experience, something very unique just to right. watch Sligo, Sligo to, to watch oyster farming firsthand. You know, it's in such a beautiful setting as well. Oh, look at and Ashleen is fantastic. And I, I work very closely with Ashleen and indeed Glenn, her husband, who's an oyster farmer. And that's when she married Glenn, I suppose that's where it all kind of came from. But Sligo oysters, if you get a chance, obviously go and taste them because that's an experience that you're not going to have again in every town. It's again, it's unique. But the Sligo oysters are completely different to any other oysters that you'll ever taste. It's because we have the Garavogue River flowing over these oyster beds. So the, the nutrients from the mountain and uh, the, the streams from the mountain, they flow into the Garavogue. And then obviously the Garavogue flows over these oyster beds. But that gives the Sligo oyster a very unique taste. And it, it's a peaty taste. And everybody, like if you're into oysters and you taste the Sligo oyster compared, say, to 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 a French oyster, there is no comparison. You'll know straight away that it's Sligo because you'll get this unique peaty taste, and that's something that's just unbelievable. Yeah, that's something special. And and I'm just going to ask you, any any news for your restaurants? It's terrible during lockdown that we are locked down. But what can visitors to Sligo expect? Um, from your culinary genius, because I think you are such an artist, the way you present your food, they're like little miniature art pieces in all of themselves. Yeah, well, I suppose, look, it's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, we we change the menu with seasons at the moment. Now we're looking into our spring menu, but I'm not so sure if we'll be able, ready to be open or not. So probably doing work on our summer menu and just the most important thing that I do and I believe in is champion is champion local produce. And that has to be done and that has to be pushed to the forefront in both Hooked and Alabon. And like from buying my, uh, you know, free range eggs for Man and Tommy, a little small producer in Ballasadere who served me unbelievable uh, free range eggs and like the taste just completely, totally different. And people would say, Ash, your egg is an egg. You know, it's not the taste and even making desserts with their eggs. They're just, it's, it's just fantastic. And then you've got Mullockmore lobsters. They're going to be coming back on scene. Um, Dahi O'Dowd, a little small producer in Mullockmore. So we're going to be using Dahi and we're going to be using a few different things and, and changing the menu around with Dahi. And then the beef that we get is from Tubber Curry, uh, Sherlock's and Tubber Curry, beef, lamb, 
And like, you know, if you use local produce and you use that and you push that to the forefront, it's very easy to cook with it. But then you have to make it very appealing to the eye. And look at, we all eat with our eyes. And if you can make a dish that looks unbelievable and, and tastes unbelievable, but then you can also explain where you got the produce from and the fact that you're able to tell that story, I think that sets the bar, but it also sets you above uh, everyone else. And I think, you know, if, if, if I was to push anything this year, um, I'd obviously push that we support our local little small artisan producers because they are the backbone of, of all towns. And the more money we spend with them, the more chance that we keep local jobs within our area. And like, it's a no brainer because you're using beautiful fresh produce. So I'd love to see that being pushed to the forefront this year, especially with the with the disastrous year that they've had and that I've had. And I think that everybody in, in Sligo Town and, and indeed every town needs to get behind their little small artists and producers. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And actually, the, the name of your restaurant, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect when I came to it. But it's, it's can you just tell me the history of it? I mean, there's obviously WB Yeats um, references because you've got the poetry all, all over the restaurant on the walls and, you know, the little details of the table. So how did you come up with that? Um, look, at I've, I, I love WB Yeats and I would have grown up. My dad was a butcher here in Sligo, but he was a butcher in London. Um, but he was born in Sligo. He was born in Temple Street in the top room of a house in Temple Street in 1934. And he moved to London when he was 16 and he, he was worked in, in Denny's here in Sligo. And he would have been um, he would have been on the killing line, killing pigs. But uh, he moved to London and he ended up uh, working really hard and uh, he, we had three, three kids, myself, my two sisters, and we lived in London up until I was four and he had his own butcher shop in the East End of London. And then when he came back, he opened up a butcher shop in Teeling Street in Sligo. And I suppose I, as a young age, would have worked in the butcher shop, uh, meeting customers, greeting customers, serving them obviously different types of cuts of meat. And we used to make our own uh, homemade sausages, black and white puddings, cured our own hams. And we had a very successful business as a butcher shop in Sligo. And that's where I got my love for food. And that's where I managed to continue that and, and, and work with local producers and stuff like that. And then I had the opportunity then to open up Alabon in 2011. And that was nearly in, in, in the middle of the recession. But I, I, I took an opportunity. People said I was stone cracked and stone mad. And I, I knew I wasn't. Um, I, I knew that I could make something work. And I knew that I was able to do it. And it was a calculated risk. But I knew that if I championed local ingredients and done things correct, I, 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 I knew in my heart and soul that it would work. And I'll never forget the first day when I pulled up the curtains um, and the blinds to decide you know I was toying with different names and when I lifted the blinds two beautiful swans just glided down the river so I said wow I wonder what I wonder what white swan is in Irish and I looked it up and I spoke to a few uh, Oscale uh, teachers and they told me that Alabon was white swan um, so so hence the name uh, white swan and that even like at different times and different times of the year, the swans go away. And then when they come back, you know, you just, you can see them gliding up and down the river. And that's where it came from. And the love of poetry came from my love of Sligo, from, you know, the Sally Gardens to, to the, 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 the wandering Angus. I, I, I see wandering Angus is written across the, the, the top of the beams as well. The song of wandering Angus by Yeats. Yeah. Absolutely. And to the waters in the wild. And sure, no better place to do it in Sligo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you've really conjured up a lovely culinary experience. And, and, and you know, when you're surrounded by all the beautiful words, it, it is quite um, a unique county that offers a lovely blend of the poetry and a beautiful setting, scenery, stunning. You've got, you've got a lot out there, a lot to offer in, in Sligo. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And look, we had a very good year last year with domestic tourists and uh, staycationers. And that's what I'll be uh, really promoting as my new role is, you know, come to Sligo, stay in Sligo, spend in Sligo. And in, because Sligo has so much to offer, it's, it's, it's a unique place. 
and it's it's pure rugged beauty and if we can just work with that and and push that and market that correctly i think yeah we're punching well above our weight yeah well i, I think you certainly are that that uh, you've an awful lot to offer in sligo and it's great to catch up with you anthony and i look forward to getting down to sligo again this year because it doesn't look like we'll be traveling too far so i really can't wait to get back down well, look, we welcome you with open arms, Michelle. It was lovely to have you the last time. And love to see you again. <laughs> That's great, Anthony. And, and thanks so much for, for joining me today. You're very welcome. God bless. Well, it's always great to catch up with Anthony. He's such a bundle of enthusiasm and positivity. And here's hoping he will be able to open his restaurants that serve such delicious food very soon. That's all for this week. Next week, my guest is Rick O'Shea, presenter on RTE Gold and the book show on RTE Radio 1. He is delighted to have a break from talking about books. And he is also an avid and passionate traveller. But on the subject of books, my novel Journey to the Heartland is out now and you can pick up a copy from Kenny's Online or Amazon. So until next week, adios, and we play out with Oreo Sunrise and Pat Coldrick.